Welcome to This One Thing with Carrie Kenyon Dern. One verse, one truth, one choice. Hello and welcome once again to This One Thing. I'm Carrie Kenyon Dern. I am so grateful to have you join us again this week. We are in our third week in Psalm 119, which means my very dear friend, Melina Puente, is back with me once again. Hello, Melina. Thanks for being here. Yay. (laughs) Yay, indeed. So like I said, this is our third week in Psalm 119, Melina, and I'm going to go ahead and read our verse. We've already talked about the context. We know that each of these letters of the Hebrew alphabet serves as a header for a section of eight verses. So this week we are in the 14th letter of the Hebrew alphabet, which is pronounced nun. And there are eight verses here, and we're going to specifically focus on verse 105. And verse 105 says this, your word is a lamp to guide my feet, and it's a light for my path. So if you spend a little time checking these verses out in the Hebrew, the word lamp is specifically a lamp that is fueled by oil. And I love that picture because it's a reminder that we have a lamp, but you've got to light a lamp, right? So our lamp has to be lit by the Holy Spirit. And specifically, this word lamp here used in verse 105 means to show the way of truth. So it's light to show us the way to truth that is lit by oil of the Holy Spirit. That is the fuel. Mm -hmm. And then the word light is a very clear contrast word. This word light in Psalm 119, 105 is showing the contrast between the darkness and the light, which we'll talk about in a minute. But it's not just light in a contrast from darkness. It's also a positive, happy attitude that results from relief from trouble. And I just thought that was really interesting. You know, I've said this all the time. The Hebrew language is very, very rich. It doesn't usually just mean one thing when you're presented with any word. And here it is certainly light in the traditional sense, light versus dark. But it's also a light, positive attitude, not because the trouble stops, but because the truth, the light the lamp of God's word gives us relief from the darkness, relief from the trouble. So there's a whole lot here to unpack in a verse that, quite frankly, I thought was pretty straightforward. I mean, this is one of the most well-known verses in Psalm 119, and yet still there's so much to unpack. So Melina, before you share your truth from this verse, I would like for you first to reflect on why this verse is so profound in your own life. So just so everybody's kind of on the inside of what's happening, um, several weeks ago we had talked about, hey, where could we hang out for a couple weeks? We like to do several verses in one chapter. And you had offered Psalm 119.105, and I said that's a fantastic verse, but we need to cover a couple verses before we get there, which we've done. We've yes. we've talked about two different verses now. And, and so this is our third one. But originally, this is where you wanted to start. And this verse has great importance in your relationship with the Lord. So if you would, give us a little bit of a backstory on how you see this verse playing out in your life and then jump right into the truth that you pull out for us. Of course, I had the opportunity to grow up going to a Catholic church 
with my family. So all through elementary and high school. And I did go a little bit in college, but not a lot. But I remember going, it was like the opportunity to check a box for me. It wasn't this opportunity to experience anything. It was just like, yeah, we went to church on Sunday. And one of the things I remember clearly is I like memorized the whole hour, like what was going to happen. And then I would just wait for the priest to just say the word of God. He would say, you know, something from the book of John or from the book of Matthew. And I would wait for that part. But then I knew we were almost done. Like he just read it and then, okay, we're almost done. And, you know, you're a little kid. You're just like, okay, it's time to go. And so growing up thinking, well, believing, I knew God was real. I knew Jesus was uh, born of a Virgin Mary and he died on a cross for our sins. Like that part I understood and I grew up with that truth. And it wasn't until truly my life was illuminated by the word of God, I had the opportunity to be in a church service uh, in my late 20s. Again, I mentioned this last week about in Matthew, just that forgiveness verse in Matthew 6. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that my friend had mentioned or asked another friend of hers, like, hey, how could I encourage Melina? How can I help her just grow in her faith? And they said, give her a Bible. And I got the little cheater tabs and I was like all in it. And as I read it, Carrie, I cannot tell you the word grace was so profound to me. Like I, I was always about, you just get it done. You just do it. There's it's just black and white. There's no middle. You just get stuff done. Um, you always do what you're told and check mark, check mark, get it done, get it done, get it done. And this revelation, this love letter of scripture created an opportunity for me to experience grace and healing. And I think the biggest piece for me was the direction. Like I knew now I had a way to go. It was teaching me that I'm not alone. It's teaching me that God is always with me and that his ways are higher than mine. So, you know, all these different truths that we have, we, you know, you kind of grow up with, and but not like this is it. This was the profound piece for me was mm. the grace, just recognizing that Jesus brought that for me mm. and that he would do that for me. Like there was just this deep, profound questions that people would ask. And I just was like, this is what's true about the word of God. This is what's true about Jesus in my life. Yes. So this passage <laughs> has been a, a, a true guide. And I think the joy part even accentuated more. Like, I feel like I was a pretty happy kid growing up and having the word of God in my life. I just remember a lot of people going, what's different about you? Mm-hmm. And that definitely um, affected me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So specifically, what is the truth that you pull out then for this verse? For me, the truth that I'm in the dark without the word of God guiding me. Mm-hmm. I just can't, I can't see the way. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. It's kind of like where we started in Psalm 119, where open my eyes that Mm. I can see. So if I have to ask you to open my eyes, that means my eyes are not open and I'm blind. And And I went to the same place here when I first started meditating on this. If your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path, that means two things to me. If you're a lamp to my feet, it means you tell me the next step that I'm supposed to take. 
if you're a light for my path, that means you illuminate the path and show me the general direction that I'm supposed to be going. So it's step by step for my feet, and then it's a more illuminated path. This is the way, walk in it, like the prophet Isaiah says. So we don't have light for our feet. In other words, we don't know where to step, and we don't have a light, we don't have a lamp or a light. We don't know where to step, and we don't know where to go unless we are illuminated in God's word through the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So the question then is, well, how are we to walk? What is the pathway? So let me give you a couple examples of how this might play out. Okay. And for the sake of time, this is super, super simplified and abbreviated. But Ephesians 4, 1 says we're to walk worthy of the calling. Isaiah 57, 2 says we're to walk uprightly. 1 John 1, 7 says we're to walk in the light. Micah 6, 8 says we're to walk humbly with our God. So worthy, uprightly, in the light, humbly. Four Mm. quick examples of how I'm supposed to walk. I don't know that if I'm not in God's word. So those would be steps on the pathway. Are you walking worthy of the calling? Are you walking uprightly or righteously? Are you walking in the light or are you in the dark? Are you walking humbly or are you struggling with pride in your life? So if you are in God's word, it tells you where to step and also where to go. And without God's word, we are stumbling around in potholes and we're going the wrong direction. We're going the wrong way. So I just got a flashback from planes, trains, and automobiles. You're going the wrong way. You're going to kill someone. Remember? Sorry. That, I, that, just, that just came across my mind. So if we're not in God's word, we're going to stumble, we're going to falter, and we're going to be going the wrong direction. That is the truth. It's not yes. an easy truth, but it is a very challenging, convicting verse because most people would say, I'm not in the word enough. If you ask them to be accountability Or, you know, sometimes I'll have people that want me to be iron in their life and they'll say, Carrie, hold me accountable to being in the word of God regularly. And so I'll say, well, how is your time in the word? Are you getting the time that the Holy Spirit has put on your heart? He's wanting to have with you in the word. Well, not enough. Almost across the board, people will say, I'm not in the word enough. I'm not spending enough time. Well, two things. First of all, we don't know what enough is. God tells us what that is. God tells us what that what that time with him should look like. Otherwise, we're just going into shame. But the reality is none of us are getting enough time. We all could benefit from more. But without that time in the word, we are deceived because we think we know the way. And John made it very clear, didn't he? Right at the beginning of his gospel, he said, Jesus is the word and the word is Jesus. So if we are not in the word, not only are we in the dark, stumbling around, going the wrong direction, but we don't know him. We have maybe an academic understanding, but we don't have a knowing of him and we're not in intimate relationship with him. So that's a pretty hard hitting convicting truth. Mm -hmm. We have to be in the word Otherwise, we are going to stumble, we are going to fall, we are going to go the wrong direction. And so with that comes a pretty obvious choice that we have to make. But I want you to go first, Melina. Talk to me a little bit about the choice that's on your heart for you personally. What, what is the takeaway that you personally want to make? How do you want to apply this verse with a choice in the coming week? My thoughts... Uh were very consumed before I met Jesus. Just, uh, again, just 
thinking I could control my life. I, I had a way to do it right. And so the surrender to be able to trust God with everything and use his word to guide my life. And what I found most powerful, and I'm so grateful for the lies, fear, and shame that I was able to walk through with you in your class initially, because it really allowed me to remember, if it is true, to just be able to speak it out, to speak it out, speak out what's true, push back that lie. And one of the things for me is knowing that I have the power of life and death in my tongue. And I experienced that really profoundly when I started teaching, because I realized all these kids in front of me, and what am I going to say to them? What am I going to think about them? And asking the Lord, I just need one thought for this kid, Lord. I just need one thought. You have so many for this one kid. I just need one that's true. And I was able to, without fail, he was able to give me a truth for this child and to walk in that power of the power of life and death in my tongue and choosing to be a truth speaker. And I had to translate that also internally because I'm very critical of myself and the things I choose. Mm -hmm. And one of the things very specifically in John 3, later in the chapter uh, 29 and 30, when John the Baptist says, you know, he who has the bride is the bridegroom. And that idea of he must increase and I must decrease. But it really reminds me like, Melina, who's got you? Because if the bridegroom doesn't hold you right now, Melina, who's holding you? Or who are you letting hold you, really? Because something else is going to distract. So it's in that truth, staying in the truth. If I am meeting with Jesus in the Word of God, if I am taking time to meditate on His truth, being intentional to speak truth, read it, give it away, um, allowing my life to be filled with the joy of that. Mm-hmm. It, it translates into light. And it's like, not only does it illuminate me, but my heart is that it would be able to illuminate others as well. Mm-hmm. Right. It's truly a training. That's the word that came to my mind as you were sharing. You're training your mind to be dependent on the word of God. I, I don't think that comes naturally to us, but our minds and our conscience need to be trained by the word of God because God's word brings clarity and direction. And so then yes. without it, what do we have? I mentioned that we're going to be stumbling around in the dark. The picture would be falling in potholes and going the wrong direction. So without God's word, we have confusion and chaos in our lives. Yes. Right? And for me, I would say that's one of the indicators that I'm not letting God's word guide me, that my mind is not trained with the guardrails of God's word because I feel chaotic and I feel confused. The truth of God's word brings clarity. I will not be confused. Confusion is not of God. Mm-hmm. He brings peace. He brings clarity. He brings order. He brings direction. So the overarching uh, verse and and consistent theme of this noon, the fourteenth letter that we're in here for me is the word is the light of life. And mm-hmm. the reason that that is the focus for me is if you continue on. In this section, we're in verse 105, which is the first verse of this noon section, the 14th letter of the Hebrew alphabet. But if you continue on, the psalmist, let me paraphrase to make it quicker, he's he's making a promise. He said, I promised this before, I'm going to promise again. I've suffered a lot, 
but I keep offering my praises to you. Accept my offering of praise. Teach me more. I want to know more. My life is hanging in the balance, but I'm not going to stop obeying you. The wicked people have set traps for me, but I'm not going to turn from you because you and your word are my treasure, my heart's delight, and I'm determined to keep your decrees, Lord. Mm. That's essentially what he's saying. And so it's the light of life. And his point here in this entire section, and again, my choice is not just from our verse, but in the context of all eight of these verses, is guidance of God's teaching in our life is critical because he's making a vow here. He's saying, God, I'm going to follow the light of your word wherever it takes me. Whatever the consequences are, whatever suffering or dangers might be involved, I'm going to stay true to your pathway. I'm going to follow you because following you into whatever danger or suffering is far less treacherous than going on my own without your word. And I think that's a really powerful picture. And so I, I encourage all of us to look at these eight verses together in the context that 105 was written because he's he's saying your word is a lamp to my feet and a guide to my path but then he's talking again about all the suffering and all the affliction which is kind of a throwback to last week he's saying it again i all of the suffering and the affliction they're not going to go away because i follow your laws and your decrees and your commands but the suffering and affliction are bearable if I am following your decrees and your commands, because at least I'll have light on my pathway. And who's who's at the end of the pathway? You are God. Yes. And so I'm going to remain true to you because your laws are my treasure. They are my heart's delight. And so because you, God, and your words are my treasure, my delight, I'm determined to keep your decrees no matter what. No matter what happens. No matter what comes against me, no what, no matter what danger or suffering or affliction might be involved or along the pathway, it's worth it because I know that you shine a light on the pathway that you are on. So better that I'm on your pathway, God, with you than on my own thinking I'm going to avoid the suffering, the affliction, the difficulties. Because isn't that what we do? We sometimes make our own pathway believing the lie that God's doing it wrong. Yeah. Or he doesn't answer us soon enough. And so we're like, I've got it from here. I'm going to figure it out for myself. And I know that that was especially tempting for me when I was single for 45 years before I met my husband. There were so many areas of my life that I was tempted to believe I've got to take care of myself. I've got to provide for myself. I've got to do this thing or I've got to find my own husband. You know, I've got to make this happen. I, but God would say, stay on my pathway. Let me light your way. Let me be the lamp and the light for your feet and for your pathway. Because even if you don't like what I choose, it's worth it because you'll be with me in lockstep every single part of your journey. And that's a far greater promise and reward than creating our own pathway. Yes. So the choice is locking into his word saying, I can't walk unless you guide my feet with your lamp and you light my path. Light my feet with your lamp. Light my path with your word. So that is our choice. We get to be dependent on him, knowing that he's going to be with us every step of the way, or we create our own pathway. And there are no guarantees. 
but that we will be dis- disillusioned and disappointed and run out and end up right back on his pathway anyway, right? Yes. As the prodigal that I am. Yes. So we're going to spend one more week, Melina. I mean, we could spend 20 more weeks, but we're going to spend one more week next week in Psalm 119. And so I would love for you to come back so that we can unpack one more verse. Thank you so much for being here again today to discuss this verse that is so important and central to your own story. Would you close us in prayer that listeners would really allow God to jealously pursue them through this verse this week? Lord, I thank you that you are the one who comes for us, your spirit, the power of your spirit, just pursuing our hearts. Thank you for the power of your word. I thank you that it is a treasure for us. And Lord, I ask that you would continue to create the time and the space for all of us to settle in and receive what is true, to dig into what is true, to allow your word to illuminate every step we take, to guide our path, that you are the one true choice straight ahead. There is, uh, There are many opportunities to take a right and a left, Lord, but I ask that you would help us stay on the true path to honor you, to make much of you, to delight in you, and to continue to experience your presence and your healing in our life. We say yes to all the work you want to do through your word in our lives and allow us, Father, to live a life that allows others to experience that word in us as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for This One Thing with Carrie Kenyon Dern. Find all our episodes by clicking the podcast link located on our website at fetterfree.org.